Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Rich State of Mind. In this episode, I'm interviewing Bryce Tennyson. He's a lending consultant for House Max Funding. This is a hard money lending company that provides real estate investment loans for new construction, renovations, and even 30-year mortgages. Bryce provides a beginner-friendly breakdown of what hard money is, how to submit your application to a hard money lender, and different ways to be successful when you need financing for your next real estate deal. Uh, great episode, very beginner-friendly, uh, breaks down. Uh, how to do hard money lending, how to do the process. I think this is a easy to listen to uh, episode that allows you to not feel intimidated when getting involved with real estate investing, especially when it comes to the Burr method. Please visit our site at www.richstateofmind.com where we provide content on real estate, personal finances, and self-development. Share your story and information by posting a blog on our site so that the Rich State of Mind community continues to grow in knowledge. You can also follow our Instagram page at rich underscore state brand to find out about exclusive offers and discount promotions for our apparel. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast because it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other outlets. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And thank you for listening. All right. Good evening, Bryce. Thank you for taking the time this evening uh, for talking about a topic that we have yet to be able to to be able to discuss on this podcast, and that's hard money lending. If you could please tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, everything I've done is, is pretty much been surrounding sports. You know, I just I grew up playing ball for 20 years, football, um, got, got some jerseys and memorabilia behind me, but uh, I'll be the first to tell you I'm you know, about as washed up as it gets. So, um, but you know, the, the discipline, the, the, the teamwork, um, hard work ethic, all that's, you know, just pretty much ingrained in my DNA from, from, from playing 20, 20 consecutive years of, of football. Um, so it, it translates, you know, seamlessly to, to this real estate world. And, uh, I lean on it heavily, heavily, um, you know, just, just to accomplish the task at hand each day, day in and out for what I do. Um, you know, currently just, just being a provider for my family and trying to help out with the community community. I train, train athletes, train pro athletes, and, and just try to stay as busy as possible. Um, and then keep delivering for uh, my borrowers and investors, um, in this, in the real estate investor world. So a father of three little girls, uh, people eat that up, you know, big, big fat football player now these days, but, uh, you know, they see me toting around three little girls. So, so they love it. And, you know, that's uh, being a girl dad is probably the best title that I've got. <laughs> and so what got you into uh, real estate? Well, um, you know, I was in a position where I was, it was salary based and um, I've got a stepdaughter. She's 10 now. I've got two little girls. Uh, one's two, the other one's one. And, um, you know, once I hung up my football cleats, it was just kind of like figuring out a place in this world um, in corporate America and, and basically taking, you know, that same tenacity and that relentless spirit and trying to translate it to the workplace. And, and, and I won't mention any names or who I worked for, but it was a salaried position to where the, no matter how hard I worked, you know, there was that ceiling there and there was just something missing for me um, as far as the drive and motivation. I delivered on customer service. I was one of the best, you know, reps at what I did. It was in the insurance world. And, and, and ironically, I was a uh, you know, the last position I had before being in real estate was as an insurance claims adjuster. So I was dealing with, with injuries and being a guy who was an offensive lineman and played ball for 20 years, I was somebody that I just didn't speak of it. You know, you didn't talk about injuries. You didn't talk about pain, um, this and that. So here I was in a position where every single phone call I got was, you know, somebody in a bad car accident or what have you. And it was literally probably, you know, one of the most traumatic points in their life. So it was never a a phone call where people were calling to thank you or just say hello. 
Um, it was always just a stress time. And, and then how could I work backwards to resolve, um, you know, those issues for those folks. And, um, you know, so it was pretty taxing emotionally, you know, mentally for me, um, but it, it taught me so much about customer service. Um, and, and if I could do it all over again, I wouldn't change anything because God's timing is perfect and his plan was good. And basically I got to a point where what I was doing, just, I, I knew I couldn't provide for my family, mm -hmm. but I'd never quit anything in my life. So I didn't know, I felt kind of trapped and I was like, you know, coming home, I was getting, I was, you know, developing anxiety, all this stuff, you know, you're, you're a, uh, a, a, when you're an, an elite athlete, you feel invincible and then all of a sudden you're, you know, driving to work and you get to that one exit and every morning you're getting this rush of anxiety and you're like, what's wrong with me? What's going on? And, you know, I just realized I wasn't in the right place for, for what I needed to do and then be comfortable with providing for my family. So um, eventually just sat down with, you know, some of the leadership team there and let them know. And they were kind of like, well, yeah, we knew we were waiting, you know, but we weren't going to encourage you to quit and go do yeah. something else. But we knew you, you know, you were, you know, I, for lack of better terms, I guess overqualified, but just really not tapping into my potential. And I, and I kind of knew it too. Uh, but like I said, I had never quit anything. So basically uh, was at a, a youth football camp that I ran and uh, still cannot get away from the game. So I just try to, you know, use that platform as much as possible because that's my, my therapy, you know, just, just being involved with football and around it. I know it like the back of my hand and one of my buddies, uh, he was wholesaling uh, mm -hmm. with house packs and on their, their real estate side. And um, he said, hey, you know, the owners at, at a house max, they're, they're doing some financing now. Um, you know, institutionally, our company, our, our principal owners probably flipped over 2,500 homes themselves. And they were just tired of getting hosed at the, you know, 12 to 15 percent rates, you know, the old school hard money stuff where they just try to take your head off. So um, they started you know, this company themselves with their own money and their own investments and their own capital partners. Um, and raising the funds needed and basically undercutting the market to give cheaper money to, to borrowers and, and not try to get fat off of one deal, but keep them coming back for more. So my buddy was explaining this to me and I'm like, dude, I don't know anything about real estate, you know, finances. I'm, I'm, I, you know, I can't tell you how many concussions I've had. I need a calculator. He's like, don't worry about it. You know, these guys are one of the owners, both of them are former athletes, but, uh, just, just kind of, you know, pulled in and, um, sat down with them and, and told them, Hey, I've got no real estate experience, but I do know how to work my tail off and uh, I'm ready to start when you, when you guys need me. So basically just, uh, yeah, another, another, you know, fellow football buddy of mine, let me know what was going on and, and, and took the leap of faith because I, what I, what I was doing, you know, prior wasn't, wasn't getting the job done. So again, a little divine interaction there with, with leading me to where I'm at now, because, um, it's, it's really been life-changing for me within, you know, I've been with house max for just, you know, a little over a year and a half, you know, and, and some, you know, what I'm originating and, and, and what my team has been able to help me accomplish here and, you know, the owners and, and, and our VP and other, you know, senior, uh, loan originators. So I've leaned on heavily, man, we've just really accomplished a lot in the last year. And, you know, I was, I was number one all through last year. And then the first, uh, you know, three or four months of this year. And it's, you know, there's really no secret to it. It's just kind of putting your head down and, and going to work. And so uh, you got, you got exposed to real estate through wholesaling. How did you get transitioned to being the a hard money lender? So my buddy who introduced me to it, he was on the wholesale side and, and basically said, Hey, the, the, the owners are starting a financing side and they're just, they're looking for some other guys. And, and he knew how hard I was working and um, how stressed I was about not being able to provide for my family. So um, just, just took, took the leap of faith and, and, and uh, like it just showed up, man, just, just looking for another opportunity, really. And, um, you know, I really can't explain anything else other than, you know, the fact that um, it, it, was, it, it was all part of God's plan, you know, and, and, and the timing again was perfect. So, yeah, he was a wholesaler, but... It, you know, House Max had their real estate side with wholesaling, and then they were starting this new financing company, and they were just looking for some originators. And uh, like I said, I came in, sat down, and I said, you know, basically, when can I start? I'm ready to go. Uh, they explained, you know, 100% commission, uh, you eat what you kill. And those words really resonated with me because it just reminded me of sports, 
right? You, you prepare week in and week out to get that, uh, the win for the week. And, and basically with hard money, um, you know, you can close in, in seven to 10 days, even sooner if you need to. So, you know, I, I was just, some of those things that were saying were tapping into to everything that I'd done in the sports world and the thrills of the ups and the downs and the excitement of getting the win and then being able to come back after a loss, you know, or, or, or I, I say loss, but man, there really hasn't been a deal that I said that we were going to fund that we didn't fund, you know? So that, that's another thing of mine is, you know, what we say and what we do has got to be the same. And so it sounds like your, your, so your dynamic is a bit different. So it sounds like, cause I've never heard of commission for a hard money lender. So when it comes to you working for this, uh, for this group and you uh, being part of the financing, where's the money coming from? And then how does it work with you getting your commission? So the funds that we, we use to, to fund these deals or the capital that we use to have, they're a combination of, you know, our, our owners, um, even myself, you know, being able to invest, you know, my, my um, paychecks back into the company or bringing on other investors who've got some money sitting around, linking up with other, other banks, other capital partners, other hedge fund guys um, that see how we work and how we do our due diligence on on these deals and basically minimize, you know, the risk factor into it and uh, make sure we're just pushing out good products and funding good deals and then getting returns on those notes, you know, while the, while the borrowers are, 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 are fixing and flipping or they're buying and holding or they're doing ground up construction. So, um, yeah. Okay. And so please explain uh, why would somebody want to go with a hard money lender vice going through a traditional loan lender, like through a bank? Yeah. So there's a few variables that come into play and I will be the first to tell my borrowers, if you can get cheaper money, if you can get bank money, go for it. Okay. Cause there's going to be a point in time when you can't. So a traditional lender is going to cap you at a certain amount of loans. It's usually around 10. Okay. With Fannie uh, or the Freddie route. So they're going to cap you at 10 uh, they're going to report those those loans to the credit bureau, so it could potentially impact your personal debt to income ratio. Um, and if you want to make any personal purchases, what have you, on your homes or this and that, get lines of credit. Um, you know, going through a bank, it's it's going to have an impact on that. Um, you know, we're we're significantly less docs. We move faster. Um, you know, but this market has really been indicative of what borrow what investors can do and how they can utilize hard money and then folks who have never used it before um you know we're not licensed to fund any primary residences but basically you've got a market to where you know people need to close quick um and and you know it basically hard money will level the playing field between cash buyers and and financing because we can close so quick you know with an option period of seven days or what have you whereas the bank you're not going to find a bank that's going to be able to fund you in seven to 10 days, right? It's going to be 30, 45 days. They're going to need your right arm and your firstborn and documentation. So, but if you have the luxury of being able to wait and you're, you're approved for, for a bank loan or what have you, um, and maybe it's at a 3% rate and, you know, it fits better. I say math is math at the end of the day to a lot of investors. Um, then, like I said, I encourage my borrowers to go for it all day. Um, and then basically once you're capped, once you realize you can't move as fast as you need to, once you realize that it's just a hassle to, to overturn that many docs, um, leverage and velocity is key in, in the investor world. You know, and, and, and if you're just, uh, banks are great for, for other means or different markets to where you don't have to move as fast or you need, you know, a primary residence and, and you can wait 45 to 60 days, but, you know, we, we don't have that type of time frame here um, in the investment industry. And so when it comes to, you mentioned how the banks have their, let's say their 10 property limit. Uh, when it comes to hard money lending um, through y'all or through any, uh, maybe generally speaking for, for hard money lending companies, do you have a limit on how many, how many times somebody could use y'all as a, uh, as a hard money lender, like nope. at the same time? Like if I want to do 10 deals at the same time, boom, y'all fund me. Let's go. That's what we want to do. That's what we're here for. Um, so basically so long as you can afford your skin in the game, then, then we're good to go. Our money is, is, is your money. You know, we've got the capital, you find the deals. Um, so if you've got enough, you know, liquidity to basically, and we can get into discussing some of the, 
the um, different tiers, but you know, 25% down, 20% down, all the way down to 10% down. We're not one of those, those, uh, those shops that'll, that'll fund hundred percent. We, we feel that there's value in having some skin in the game and it creates a sense of urgency, but um, yes. basically, yeah, our, our, our capital is uh, we've, we've got a lot of it. We've raised a lot and um, we, we haven't run out of it. Um, if, if we did, it was an, it was an excellent month. <laughs> we, no one would be mad. No one in this shop would be mad. <laughs> Uh, what do you think? What about your company keeps y'all competitive? Is it your interest rates? Is it customer service? Follow follow up? What do you think will give a what is somebody looking for in a hard money lender outside of obviously their money to say, hey, I want to keep coming back to them? Well, with us, they're 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 immediately gonna see that you know our rates and our terms and our points and what have you are are probably the best in the in the industry. You know, there's some other big we're still I, I refer to us as a small mom and pop shop, which is which is a good thing because there's, there's other lenders that, you know, 10 years ago were like us, but now there's such a big shop. You don't get that VIP feel. My owner sits two doors down from me. And if there's ever an issue or we've got to stick our neck out for somebody, I walk two doors down and, and knock on his door and let him know what's going on. Um, but basically what sets us apart is, yeah, is the pricing, you know, our, our we say our, our cash is just as green as everybody else's, but it's just cheaper. And then basically you're getting the value of, of a relentless, you know, I'll speak for myself, but I also know the rest of the team, um, you know, we are relentless in, in our pursuit to, to, to do what we say we're going to do and make sure we fund this deal, these deals. Cause ultimately that's what, you know, puts, uh, puts din dinner on the table, puts food on the table for my family. So um, yeah, value, value in the price point, you know, I'll, 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 I'll preach those to the cows come home all day. And so uh, what type of uh, real estate funding does a home money lender provide? So we talked about uh, possibly trying to buy a house in cash and then uh, renovate it. Is there any other type of uh, archetype that y'all assist with as well when it comes to funding? Yeah. So, uh, you know, the property type, we like to stick to single family residents up to four units. Um, we can move into that multifamily space if, if we come across those deals. Um, no problem. We, we fund those often. Um, but I like to stick to that, you know, hamburger and hot dogs is what I call them. Single family residents up to four units. Um, you know, we, we can do a bridge loan and the bridge loan is just going to be a 12 month term out of that bridge loan. We can do an outright purchase and uh, or we can do a purchase plus renovation. And that bridge loan, it's usually a 12 month term interest only payments. There's no exit fees or prepayment penalties. So basically you get in and out of it whenever you need to, you know, so long as you, whatever your exit strategy is. Um, so, you know, we, we specialize, I, I say probably about four areas, the fix and flips, the buy and holds with rentals, uh, ground up construction and, uh, short-term rentals. So Airbnbs. And so for some people that don't know, uh, a couple of exit strategies that they can use is some people use that opportunity to, uh, refinance their home. They do a cash out refinance that way they would pay, uh, themselves back and the hard money lender, or they could just straight up sell the house and uh, cash out, but you got to pay capital gains tax on that. Unless you want it, unless for the fancy people, you know, you want to do a 1031 exchange and that's a whole different uh, ball game. I'll, be, I'll make sure I'll put a link in the description on what that uh, 1031 means, but there are a few exit strategies. I know that some people 12 months to try to figure something out. I owe probably a hundred grand. How am I going to make this work? But there are a lot of ways to make that work. Uh, people would be surprised how quick they can rinse money hundreds of thousands of dollars and keep rinsing it and keep making, uh, building more capital and building more uh, worth. Yeah. Uh, you, you make an excellent point, man. You're basically, you're, you're borrowing our money to make money for yourself, you know? So um, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, with something, a 12 month term, again, it's usually you want to have that, that strategy in place, you know, Anthony, you know, you're going into it, you're going to purchase it, you're going to renovate it. Ideally, you probably, you know, if you've sized it up, it's got enough meat on its bones to, to work as a flip. You know, you're hoping to be in and out of it within maybe three to six months. But in the event of COVID rolls through, right, and, and the, um, you know, things tank a little bit or now all of a sudden you're not able to get some, some wood or materials and, and that drags out. Well, then, yeah, that, you know, you got to be cognizant of, of your evaluations of uh, basically your cash to cash and, uh, how much profit is there? And again, I say meat on, meat on the bones uh, for the property. And basically, if you had to go that full 12 months, which we don't ever want our bars to do, but it's there, 
Um, and at the end of those 12 months, uh, you know, the, you can either extend so long as you're a good borrower or the, the note balloons, you know, and it's owed in full. And, and usually the way to get out of that is to refi into something maybe long-term or just refi again uh, into another 12-month term or sell the property, right? And, and collect your, your profits or pay off that note. Um, and then, you know, the other terms are for long-term rentals. You know, we've got a 30-year loan product that's basically mimics everything that people know about the conventional world. Or oh, okay, awesome. Mortgage. Yeah, so we've got a 30-year product too with rates in the 4 to 5% range. Um, and it's, it's exactly what you get from a bank. And what's great now for us is that Fannie has increased their LLPAs, which is the loan level pricing adjustments on investments. And, you know, they found those to be more risky right now. So those prices are going up. So, you know, borrowers that I had were maybe that want to follow that, that uh, the Burr model of, of, of buying and renovating, uh, refinancing and repeating that process. Um, are basically were using us to fund the purchase plus reno to add value. And then they were going through a bank to get that long-term 30-year program. Now, some of my borrowers are calling me back after they finish their renovations and they're saying, hey man, the bank's quoting me in the you know 5% range. What are you guys doing? I'm like, dude, we can do four, four and a quarter all day. And they're like, you don't need any W-2s. You don't need, you don't need uh, tax returns, this and that. And I'm like, no, we need one month of your most recent bank statement. We can close it as an individual or we can close as an LLC. Um, and, and so long as, you know, we're, we're the, the hard money, the, the, the term hard is, is basically um, referring to the hard asset, right? Like, so we're, we're primarily asset based, but there's a lot that we do as far as making sure that the borrowers are, you know, have, having a, a, a decent credit score, you know, we go as low as 620, um, but some of those are just how we manage our risk, right? And yeah. if the borrower's got decent credit score, okay, they've been making timely payments, or maybe they're not maxing, they, you know, they're, they're not utilizing all their credit, so they've got some, some avenues in case, you know, crap hits the fan uh, to get the job done. Um, but, but other than that, yeah, we, we're pretty much based on that, that hard asset, and, and when that appraisal comes back, and math is math at the end of the day, and if everything's in line, uh, and those numbers hold true, then, then we're going to fund it for you. And if not, we're not going to push anything th through and, and uh, you know, shoot yourself in the foot. Because at the end of the day, we need to be successful. And for us to be successful is lending our money and getting that money back. Yes. Right. It does no good for us. There's, there's some uh, programs out there and uh, that it seems like they're kind of in the business to loan to own because, you know, <laughs> be aware of it. Uh, you know, there, there's a business side to that, too. You know, I fund a deal for you and you know, I push it through and realize you don't have enough liquidity, but I'm like, hey, it's okay. We're a mortgagee on it. Um, you know, if, if, if Anthony can't get the job done, then House Max will move in and we'll sell it and we'll collect his profits basically and push you aside, you know, but we don't have time for that. We're not in the industry to do that. We don't want to do that. Um, but there are some out there, you know, that's so. Yeah. And, and it, it stinks when it happens, but um, it's just something to be aware of. That's awesome. Y'all provide your own exit strategies for your customers. Um, I've never heard of a lending company do that. I've been on the phone with several uh, hard money lenders, and that's never been something that was presented to me as, hey, I've heard the 12 months, right? And hey, if you're really good at communicating, you're showing progress, they'll give you an extension, but never, hey, we'll put out a 30-year mortgage for you. And I guess because they want to keep up with the, the quick, you know, rinse and repeat of their money. But yeah. I think that's an awesome way uh, I don't, I'm not sure what the business structure has to be and able to do that type of 30 year commitment and it still not hurt your capital that you had to push out initially for that deal. But I could see myself just wanting to do business strictly with you. I don't need to go to the bank. You know, if I right. can get hard money lender from you and a, and a mortgage. Exactly. Right. On, on anything that's a non-owner occupant deal. So um, yeah, it's, it's, it's worked great for us. And basically what we do for our bar is if we're going to do business on the front end, the purchase plus renovation side, then when we refinance into that long-term deal, uh, we'll streamline you into it at no points charge. Because again, you know, um, if I can keep, you know, more of my borrowers cash in their pocket, the more chance they have to come back and do more deals. And ultimately that's what I've got. And we've got a term, you know, in this industry is pigs get fat and, and hogs get slaughtered. So um, I'm just trying to get fat, man. I mean, I'm there physically right now, <laughs> but uh, you know, just 
taking care of bars and keeping them coming back. I'd rather do 10 deals with you as opposed to one, you know, and, and see you struggling and not, not, you know, I'm, I, I, me, myself, I, you know, take joy in, in being a little bit a part of, uh, you know, your success or the other investor success or what have you. And I keep saying you, but obviously I'm, I'm referring to you in a sense that if you were a borrower of mine, um, you know, that's, that's how we treat you and get you taken care of. Uh, do you provide services outside, outside of the state of Texas? So if I was in North Carolina, hey, Bryce, I heard you do good business. Okay. Yeah. yeah, we lend nationwide with the exception right now of Arizona, Nevada, South Dakota, North Dakota, uh, maybe Alaska. And basically, I want to say Arizona, their, their lending requirements uh, in Nevada may require us to have a storefront there. Um, or brick and mortar in order to, to be eligible to lend. Uh, so I think that's why we don't lend in those states, but, but we're working on it. We've got some boots in the ground to, to continue to grow. Um, and then South Dakota, North Dakota, you know, we're not going to find anything that's rural because uh, if you think about it, you know, you get something that's on 50 acres of land, that's a certain niche of, of, of borrower or investor that's going to come out there and buy that. Right. And that could be sitting on the market for a long time, a long time. in order for you to find somebody um, to buy that. And guess what? While that property is sitting there, you've got your interest only payments that you're paying back for borrowing my money. So that goes into your, your overhead or your costs and that's chipping yeah. away at your profits. So yeah, really, man, any, anything that's on that bridge product is, is really a bridge. We want to get you from point A to point B as fast as possible. Um, and that's the ultimate objective of it. And then if you find out that once you get into something that, Hey, maybe I want to hold on to this long-term, then we do have that option to, to refinance into that long-term product that no additional points charge. And so does it also work to where somebody could refinance? Let's say they already have a mortgage with say, you know, penny match. Can they refinance with y'all from somebody else, from a, uh, somebody that already owns the mortgage? Yeah, absolutely. So when you, when we refinance a loan, um, you want to make sure that the payoff can can be covered by, you know, our leverage that we're going to extend to you. So for a rate and term refinance, the max we can lend is about 80 percent um, LTV, loan to value. So I'll do 80 percent. Yeah. You're like you're just like you're getting excited. I see it. You just want to let's end the end the show. You're going to find some deals or go back to the deals that you've already passed up on. Um, Everybody that I call is 70 percent, man. Exactly. Everybody. My, my owners, uh, man, they've, they've worked their tail off uh, to really put us in this position. And that's why, and that's when we started this conversation, man, it wasn't about real estate. It wasn't about this industry. I didn't, I didn't know what hard money was. I didn't know what I was even getting into. All I knew is why I wanted to get away from what else, uh, what I was doing before. And then I just believed in the team here. And then I found out, holy smokes, I really, you know, real estate is awesome. And then once you dive into it, you see how many other moving parts there are in, in opportunities and to invest, to work, you know, title companies, appraisers, uh, contractors, inspectors, architects, engineers, uh, realtors, lenders, private lenders, hard money lenders. Um, there's probably 500 more you could, you know, you could name um, that, that um, you know, the real estate industry gives that opportunity to people. But uh, yeah, the, the team here at House Max was really what uh, I kind of clung to. And then it just turned out I, I really enjoyed um, this space. So yeah, they've worked their tail off to, to be able to extend, you know, cheaper money because we have to have either we've got to have it or we've got to have the connections and in, in, in other capital partners or investors um, that trust us to use it and, and basically trust us to use it at a lower um, rate than, you know, what somebody else would. So it's, 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 it's a lot of networking. It's a lot of relationship space, man. Uh, stuff that, that goes on behind the scenes that some people don't understand. And they're just like, you know, I see a lot of posts for, you know, I've, and basically, and there's nothing wrong with it. I don't want to, you know, make it sound bad, but you get these, these posts or these bars sometimes that are like, you know, I've got, terrible credit. I've got no money, um, but I want a hundred percent finance. And so if that was you, if I'm coming to you, Anthony, and, and telling you all that, you know, what in your mind makes you want to give me any of that money? You know, what, what you got to sell yourself too. So, so for my borrowers, sometimes I tell them, man, 
do whatever it takes to get that credit score up a little bit, because in your lender's eyes, it's going to be, okay, they're committed to working on this, you know, or, or do, you know, make those commitments to save a little bit more so that you've got some of those reserves that you can lean on. So, because we're so risk management based, you know, and it's basically my job to, to mitigate as much risk as possible uh, for the money that, that I'm using and working with, because the more I can do that, the more we can just keep getting good returns on it, keep recycling it, keep growing and keep helping more and more folks. So that's kind of the name of the game. And so when it comes to um, hard money lending, is there a, can somebody be pre-qualified for that? Yes, the, the pre-qualification or the pre-approval process is with us, is your credit score 620 or greater? On your background, do you have any recent bankruptcies, felonies, or liens that exceed 15,000? No? Six, you got a 650 credit score? Guess what? You're approved. It's that simple. You know, from there, we'll, we want to break down um, the asset. You know, now we want to take a look at the asset and say, okay, um, because basically that's, that's the collateral that, uh, you know, we're using um, and guaranteeing that's, that is, is basically a way out for us. Like I was saying earlier, if, if, you know, we use the hit by a bus rule, if our par was to get hit by a bus after the day we fund it, is there still um, enough meat on its bones or is there still a way that this deal works to, to where we can unload it and make sure that we get our money back? So, mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. And so when it comes to, because I mean, you mentioned earlier, you don't do a hundred percent, which is, I, I agree. I know some people that do, but I respect it when hard money lenders would tell me, Hey, I need you to put in just like I'm going to put in and then we'll work together. And what I noticed the difference is if we both got in or if we both go in, there's more of a collaborative, it's more collaborative. Exactly, man. You're, you hit the nail on the head and it's refreshing to hear because it's, it's, it's a team. It's a team, right? And it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a business relationship. And the last thing you want is somebody that just feels like they're being used and, and not, uh, you know, having the other, the partner, if you will, kind of hold their weight. And, uh, you know, we, we were able to survive through COVID and uh, that was, that's kind of one of the major things that really gave us a leg up on, on the industry. When, when COVID hit, man, a lot of lenders were, they were selling their business. If they could, they were, they were, throwing in the towel, they quit, or they just shut down their whole program where, you know, we did not over leverage our borrowers. So we were still able to provide them with the construction funds to keep them moving. Whereas some other lenders, they were so over levered that they didn't have any money left when COVID came through and no other deals to come through to bring in origination or what have you. And now they've got their borrowers calling them up saying, Hey man, I need a draw for 20,000 to finish up this rehab so that I can sell this and get you your money back. And they're like, we don't have it right now, you know, so that's kind of what you get yourself into when you over leverage. And, um, and like you said, it creates that dynamic to where, you know, there's a sense of ownership too. And uh, when you've got a little bit of your skin in the game, you know, that gives you that sense of urgency to, yeah, man, this is, you know, I've got, I've got my hard cash in there too, that I've worked hard to get. And uh, you know, I, I want to make sure I make a successful exit. So, and, and then again, the, the larger the loan amount, the more that you're going to be paying monthly anyway, right? So the more, the more skin in the game, right? The, the lower, the more skin in the game that you can have, then the lower that, you know, total loan amount is going to be and you're paying less on it. And uh, really to get hundred percent financing, man, the lenders are at the 12 to 15% rate anyway, and they're going to be charging four or five points because they know nobody else out there is doing it. Yes. And I mentioned it and I, I don't want to, kind of generalize a lot of lenders, but uh, that's kind of that loan to own, <laughs> you know, uh, predatory type lending, you feel like there, there's plenty of good ones and, and great scenarios and maybe people that, uh, and there've been times when we have done it before for our VIP bars or who are just deal rich, but cash poor, you know, you've got 10 deals going on right now. You call me up, Bryce, another one came through the pipeline. You know, I'm going to crush it. We've done this amount of work together um you've seen you know the 500k i've had in my bank account a couple of months ago right now i just you know could use a little help what do you say let's size this one up and, and there's there's scenarios like that where it makes sense you know for people that we have uh, built that relationship with and again that goes back to the team at house max and what we can do in relation to um, a bank or a conventional lenders we can stick our neck out there for you when or or get flexible when push comes to shove if needed 
because at the end of the day, it's our money. No, you're right. And uh, you, I think you got a customer. That's why when you told LTV, I was like, 80%? Okay. Right. Uh, so one thing that I've noticed in this, um, and this is a little bit off, but I think this is something that people need to hear when it comes to business in general, not even just real estate. Good customer service. You, uh, you act like you care, right? Care about them. And then you provide providing opportunities, right? So one thing is, let's just say I, I provide a service. Now, how in that service can I provide maybe subservices that keeps the, uh, the retention of those customers? And so that's what y'all have. That's what y'all been able to do to ensure you. It's not just a one transaction deal. Uh, outside of that one, you came to me for one thing, but now I can service you in these three, four, five other things. Exactly. And so I think that's what I really like about your business and what y'all do, and it's a great business strategy uh, in anything, not even just real estate, but. We just so just so happen to be talking about real estate, but definitely something to think about. Anybody that's an entrepreneur, you want to think about customer retention. And one thing I noticed in real the real estate game, customer service is garbage. If, if right. people would be so much better, whether they're a real estate agent, property manager, contractor, they would be so much better if they would just pick up the phone and call back. They would be uh, they would be killing the competition. Text, text call back, do anything, right? Um, and, and, and I fall I, recently, you know, how busy we've been. That's something that's kind of been on my mind because that's I, I take pride in that, you know, being being able to follow up on time because, uh, you know, this is a high performance industry. And just like sports and, you know, my career as an athlete, um, again, it's it's critical moments, you know, and you're dealing with other people's livelihoods and and and, uh, you know, basically them being able to provide for their family. So I cannot tell you how many times. That on a Saturday or Sunday when my phone rings and I pick it up and I, I hear a borrower just, you know, light up and say, Bryce, I just I had 20 lenders written down. You were the 10th person to, that I called and you were the first one to pick up. I don't even care what your rates and terms are. Let's do business together. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm sorry. That's that's the way that the competition is, but I'll take it. And that is so true, man. And it's just, I've been there, too. Right. And if you can't answer, man, just some sort of communication. Um, and then, and then even having that ownership, there's been plenty of times, you know, when, when I've been involved with some other stuff or training athletes, um, and my phone's just blowing up, maybe a bar needs a pre-approval letter or whatever you, and I step aside and I let them know, Hey man, I'm at this event right now. Um, and they, and they mess and they totally understand. They're like, dude, you've got to have a personal life too. get to it when you can. So I think people appreciate being honest to a fault and transparency and, and no BS answers in this industry because there's a lot of fluff. There's a lot of um, over-promising and under-delivering, but I think the more, you know, if, if you know, the, the borrower that I get that, you know, maybe needs just 5k more in money for us to feel care, or, you know, safe with what they're doing and know that pushing a loan through that could potentially hurt them for the long run, you know, we're going to call it off. We're going to say, Hey, let's wait two or three months to, to raise a little bit more money for you. You can, you can crowdfund, you can um, call up your rich uncle, see what money you can raise this and okay. that so that you're in a better position, you know? And like you said, we just want to add value. Um, and like, and that's a great business model for anybody. You know, what, what you give will grow, what you keep, you will lose. What can you give? What can I give to help my borrowers be successful? You know, whether it's my time or whether it's just a little bit of information or, or first-time flippers. I'm, I'm on a Facebook group with first-time flippers and, and they're asking questions and, and nine out of 10 of them aren't ready. Nine out of 10 of them don't have any money, but guess what? You keep planting and you keep watering those seeds. And I get calls back six, eight, 12 months down the road and they say, hey, Bryce, remember when we discussed uh, you know this hard money six months ago? Well, I've saved this amount of money and I've got a deal that I'm looking at. Can we size it up? Uh, I think I'm ready to go. And, and we do, you know, and it's, it's, it's an awesome feeling uh, for myself and, and for those borrowers to kind of put those, you know, checkpoints in place and then, and then knock them off one by one. Um, Cause if it was easy, man, everybody would be doing it, you know, but there's, there's, you know, there's some strategic patience to it as well. Oh, so I noticed that you get, you provide different packages. If I heard you correctly, you was talking about uh, 50%, 25%, 10% uh, skin in the game from the borrower. Uh, was that correct? Or y'all just have a flat rate of what? Well, no. So, yeah. So for 
you know, we can get into several kind of different loan structures, but basically for a bridge loan, right? Getting you bridge loan, you know, you want to think of getting from point A to point B pretty quickly, right? And out of a bridge and, and we can close those quickly. Um, those are, you know, four, seven, 10 day type close. So for an outright purchase of a property, you call me up, Bryce, I got to close in seven days. This one's turnkey ready. I don't have time to fund it 35, 40 days, what have you with the bank. Um, but I, I want to take it down quickly. Um, so for those, basically the magic number is 75% LTV, loan to value, okay, um, for, for us, because we feel like that's kind of the, the ballpark number on the market. Again, if we were to have to move in and help and get, unload the property or sell it to, to keep you whole or to prevent a foreclosure, that's kind of where we want to be and we can make it happen and not lose too much of our money, right? So an outright purchase, something that we would call already stabilized would be 25% down, okay? Something that is unstable, basically meaning it's a distressed property that you're gonna add renovations to and add value to ultimately get us to that ARV, which is the after repair value, is gonna be anywhere from 20% to 10% down, just depending on um, the borrower's experience. Okay, so yeah, we're really, uh, you know, I would say 90% of the time where we're never really going to require more than 25% down on a purchase, um, you know, and if you're going to structure it to where you're going to add value and, and, and you're going to yield this product that's going to get you a good after repair value, then we want to help as much as possible because it's just going to make the community better. Um, you're, you're adding value, right? So it's, it's not like you're just purchasing a property that's uh, you can't do anything to, or it's already good to go. So we, we can, we can increase the leverage. We'll fund 100% of the renovations and, and we'll keep you moving. Um, yeah. So, I mean, if, if you were to ever pay 50% down, man, that would just probably mean, I don't know, maybe, you know, maybe your credit score wasn't too hot or something like that, but you've got all this money in the bank and we're like, okay, Let's do it. Um, there's been kind of one-offs and I don't like to, you know, fit square pegs into round holes, but maybe a, a land takedown, you know, uh, that you're eventually going to build new construction on or maybe wholetail it and kind of get rid of it quickly. Um, but you want to keep as much cash in your pocket as possible. And just for one of those other deals come through the pipeline. So yeah, I would at 25 to we'll range from 10 to 25% if, if, you know, for the most part. And that 10 to 25% is of 10 to 25% of what the house is worth or what? Of the, of the, the LTC. So loan to cost with purchases. Okay. Yeah. So the cost is going to be the purchase price. Um, so there are some folks out there that'll, you know, LTV, the loan to value or anything that you're going to lend against the value is really kind of comes into play when you're looking at a refinance. Okay. So um, uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, the, the LTC will lend, you know, 25 to the, the down payment is always going to be on the purchase price. Okay. Copy. Gotcha. And so from, uh, from beginning, from the beginning, I want to start and we'll kind of go through the process. So I come to you, I say, Hey, you know, Bryce, I need, I need this deal. How do I present this deal to you? What am I providing to you outside of like, you know, my credit score and stuff like that. What about the deal am I presenting to you? Yeah, I'll pull it up right here. I've, I've, you know, I've kind of got my elite eight, if you will, um, kind of steps to, to what I want to follow. And, and basically, like you said, I go through that pre-approval process real quick, you know, kind of what's your ballpark credit, background good. Um, and then I, I want to know your experience. You know, how many deals have you done? I want to know who I'm working with. What type of exit strategy are you most familiar with? Because that when I'm having that conversation, it's kind of painting a picture for me on how risky it is to work with this borrower. Okay, somebody who doesn't have that much experience is going to be a little bit more risky. So I'm going to want more skin in the game. Okay. And then and somebody who's maybe done this plenty of times, okay, we can extend more leverage. So uh, I want to hear, you know, basically your experience. And then from your experience, okay, now tell me about the deal. Tell me about this asset. Where is it located? Is it in a major market or is it kind of on the outskirts or is it in, you know, who knows, New Mexico or what have you? And, um, Again, that goes back to, to how long it's going to sit on the market, right? So we want kind of these major market areas, nothing rural um, that's going to take forever for you to unload it. Uh, we want to know what type of property is it? Is it a single family residence? Is it a duplex? 
Is it a condo? Is it a trio? Is it a townhome? Is it a quad? Um, Cause again, we kind of, you know, break those down in, into kind of different levels of, of, um, of risk management there. And then what's the purchase price? Are we getting it for, you know, what we think it's currently valued at? Um, are we getting a great deal? Are we getting it under the market value, which is always great, right? And what we're yeah. seeing right now in this market is people are overpaying, right, for these properties. But on the back end, when they sell after the renovations, they're making more for it. Um, so, yeah, there, there's, there's, it works kind of, out. Yeah, exactly. It all works out in the wash. Um, yeah. So basically looking at that asset, the major, what market is, is it in? What's the purchase price? How good of a deal is it? How much in renovations do we need to add to it in order to get it up to par with some of those other comps in the area that are going to yield us that good after repair value that's going to make it profitable? You know, and kind of the magic number when I size it up in, in, in our calculations, um, you know, for experienced bars, we'll, we'll fund stuff that's 10, 10% plus uh, profitability kind of after you know, some of those other, maybe there's realtor fees or holding costs or what have you. Um, but ultimately, yeah, I mean, you probably don't want to be doing anything less than 15% um, unless you just got a crew of, of contractors that you need to keep, keep moving and what have you. So, uh, so yeah, so to, I'll, I'll recap on that. So basically after that pre-approval process, I want to hear your experience. Then I want to see the, you know, let's talk about the asset info, what property type, where is it located? Um, what's the current market value? What's the purchase price that we're buying it at? What's the renovation budget? And then what's that estimated after repair value? Okay, and then once I kind of got that picture of your experience, now the asset, now we can discuss our leverage in, in, in terms, right? Now we can do, okay, you're experienced. Let's fund, we're going to fund 90% of the purchase price um, and 100% of the renovations for you, right? Because you've got a proven track um, record of, of successful exits and for those types of borrowers, we just want to keep them liquid and, and, and get them on board with us, you know, and repeat, get the, get those repeat um, customers. So. And so uh, you mentioned about paying points each month, paying on the interest each month until they find an exit. Uh, how is that? Is it the people say points and they say interest rate? How are they the same, but kind of different? So points is just another word for percentage, right? Because then we've got, you, you see percentage so often, God forbid we use it again, right? We just got to get creative to, to make things more challenging. Why not just keep it all the same? So points is just another thing for percentage. And, and, and you'll, it may also be referred to as BIPs. Um, points can be referred to as BIPs. So, you know, 250 BIPs would be two and a half percent in our world. But we, we don't have to go down that rabbit hole. But basically, <laughs> so... There's, there's an origination kind of just, you know, if I could explain, it would be similar to you paying a realtor, you know, their fee for going to work for you for marketing or doing the research and basically the amount of, of, of studying and, um, you know, education that they have and knowledge on the subject. Um, you know, you're, you're trusting them to just kind of create a better scenario for you. And so when we originate deals, a portion of my commission is paid from, from me originating those, right? Spending the time on it, doing my due diligence, making sure to collect those docs, all that. So points, AKA origination, that's, that's paid at close. Okay. And that ranges, that can range from, from zero to three, uh, to be honest, in, in, in a zero point scenario or zero origination fee would be something like on our long-term product to where we did business on the front end. But anyway, okay. So you'll pay points at close. Okay. That's going to cover uh, basically the LO, the origin, the, the loan officer, um, you know, keep the lights on at, at the, at the lenders, at the, the company that you're working with, um, you know, help them pay for their overheads, this and that, and their research for you, um, their experience, their expertise. And then basically the monthly interest only payments is, is basically your holding costs, what you're paying back to my investors per month that you're, you're using our money. Okay, so it, it would benefit the borrower to get out of the deal or, or to successfully exit sooner rather than later, depending on the type of project you're doing. Um, so basically each month, you know, the, the loan amount, the initial loan amount, let's say I fund, um, a $200,000 purchase price. So let's say we do, you know, 20, we fund 80% of that. 
you know, so that's $160,000 initial loan amount on the purchase price. And let's say it needs 40K in renovations. So we've got a $200,000 loan amount. Okay, so $200,000 loan amount. And here I am again, I'll pull up my calculator because I'm still a calculator guy and will probably always be. So $200,000 loan amount times the rate, okay, not the points, but the rate is, you know, we kind of started, we can go as low as seven and a half percent on the bridge product, but just for general terms with new borrowers, we're at 8.99. Okay, so let's take that $200,000 loan amount, multiply it by point oh eight nine nine and then divide that by the 12 month term and for a two hundred thousand dollar loan amount you're just looking at 1498 per month so right at about 1500 bucks a month that you're paying to borrow two hundred thousand dollars right so you don't have access to two hundred thousand dollars but you've got 25k in liquidity right let's say you've already paid your down payment well, now you've got to calculate, you've got to make sure if this project takes me six months to get out of, you know, to complete the renovations, let's say four months, wrap everything up, get it on the market, and let's say it sells in six months, then what basically your holding cost would be that 1500 okay, times six. So you've spent $9,000 throughout that time. So you've got to calculate those holding costs into your overall profit. That, that you're going to get at the end. So again, it's kind of having a good good timeline, good idea of your budget um, and, and when you can successfully exit those deals. So did that kind of answer your question? No, it did, it did make a lot of sense. And you gave me an idea, you know, when I post this uh, video on YouTube, as you were calculating, I'm going to have on the top right corner, uh, like numbers showing up. Nice. Yeah, so everybody, so everybody yeah. keep up. That's excellent because some, I get a lot of bars are like, what's, what am I going to pay? What, what's my monthly payment? I'm like, it's simple. You know, it's a 12 month term. Okay. So whatever we're going to fund on the purchase price. So 80%, let's say 80% on the purchase price. We've got that number, then 100% of renovations. Now we add the two together, multiply that by the rate. Um, we can use eight, eight, nine, nine, 8.99% for the rate, and then just divide it by 12. And that's going to basically be your, your monthly, um, payments that you're making back. And a lot of people, uh, you know, you confuse it with with PITI payments in the traditional world, and like you got to use an amortization calculator, and you know, it just gets more complex. But this is it, this is simple math, and, and but folks don't know what they don't know. Um, yeah. But you realize, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty simple interest, and and um, to get the numbers that you need, um, it's yeah, it's it's a quick calculation. And so um, you have. I appreciate your, your, your customer service and your professionalism and how you do business. And so, and, you know, we spoke a little bit about your family background and you, um, your journey as a professional athlete. What is your big reason why? What's your rich state of mind as to why you continue to do what you do? And uh, you are very, very humble about it as well. So what is that? What is that big reason for you? Man, um, I appreciate that. Um, I don't know. It's just kind of been, uh, I guess, a part of my DNA. So what, when, I, when I played football as an offensive lineman, right? So we're in the trenches. We're doing the dirty work uh, for the greater good of, of our teammates that, you know, the pretty boys in the backfield probably position you would play, you know, running back or, or quarterback. Um, but, you know, I was out there protecting you so that you could score and that you could win. And I think it's just a part of how I am. Um you know, and, and I don't know why we talked about it before the show, but it's I've got three girls. I was pretty much raised around a whole bunch of women. Uh, but here I am, was able to strap on that helmet and go, go, uh, you know, kick your butt up and down the field. So there was this emotional intelligence side of me and this empathetic side of me that uh, was just caring and, and wanted to help people and see them succeed and just give as much as I could. Um, and then there's also this relentless, tenacious, you know, just a, uh, ability to just want to get the win and, and, you know, celebrate each win and just get back to it. And, and so, you know, all of that was a part of my life for 20 years straight. You know, I think I missed probably four games throughout my career from injuries. Um, you know, never quit a season, never miss practice. You know, you have, you had to drag me off the field um, in order for me not to play, you know, and in college, I started all four years and, 
And it was just how I was. I wanted to be in the trenches. I wanted to be out there. I wanted to be working. Um, and, and that's just kind of how I am. I'm, I'm just a workhorse. And, and basically when I had, you know, football ended and I had to hang up my cleats, there was a period, man. And, you know, I'll be transparent and honest with you of, of some serious depression and not knowing what to do with that anymore. Um, and then basically I think, you know, when I realized my, my little girls were born, it was, it wasn't about me anymore, you know? So it was about what can I do to be the provider? Because I had always had football and I'd always clung to it. And, and even football wasn't about me. It was about helping my teammates, but man, when you hang up them cleats or, you know, you're, you're, um, in the military and what have you, when you come home from, from that structure of that teamwork, um, and that dynamic, into the real world and it's just kind of not there it's it's tough to to get rid of so um you know I think I had to find another purpose to, to basically live for man and and that was my little girls and then in this industry just seeing other people win man and and you know and, and helping them with their investment projects and you know going to dinners breaking bread with them and, and sitting there listening and, and laughing about how much money they're making and how much fun they're having um it's 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 really fun for me so I, I can't tell you why, or it, it's just kind of a, a, a part of who I am. And I think sports and athleticism had a, had a lot to do with that. And I think you'll, you know, as you even, you know, in the, with military background and what have you, there's a lot of companies that'll kind of just, you know, recruit those, those particular mm -hmm. uh, types of individuals because they, they know what's ingrained in them. Um, so I, I lean on that platform often as much as I can. And then, you know, a little bit of, a lot of bit of God's favor too. So. Awesome. Yeah. And you're right. Uh, Bryce, I really appreciate you uh, taking the time this evening. This was a, a definitely a special episode because not only were we able to talk about Harmony Lender, which is the first time on this podcast, but I like the fact that you was able to be a teacher about it. You were, you broke it down on what the process was. You know, I, I try to break down the questions or ask as many questions as somebody that is just coming in just so they can have an understanding because I think it's intimidating, right? Fast Absolutely. money, transactions happen very quick. We're Absolutely. talking about seven days. I'm not going to lie. You give me 30, 45 days to close, that gives me a lot of time to raise a lot of capital, a lot of right. money, you know, but if something's happening in seven to 10 days, especially if I'm like already kind of shaky, you seem, uh, your company, the way y'all do business seems to really, hey, look, we got you. Obviously, right, you got to have skin in the game and you got to kind of know what you're doing. But we will, this is a collaborative effort and we are in here for both of us to win. Right. So definitely yeah. like investor friendly. Uh, Absolutely, you know. man. Yeah. And uh, again, I think that just comes, uh, you know, for me being a former athlete and, and being a rookie in the locker room and, you know, we stand on the shoulders of those who come before us and, you know, leaning on some veterans or, or older guys and just being around some good coaches because, again, you reap what you sow and eventually that borrower who may not be ready this month is going to come back in six to 12 months and uh, they're going to tell their buddies about you too. And, you know, you're going to get referrals from it. So again, what you give will grow and what you keep, you will lose. So um, I think the more you can give, the more information you can help out and the more you can be selfless, I don't have to sell anything. I'm not selling anything. You know, I'm, I'm just being transparent and uh, I'm not a salesperson. I, I can't, I, I don't think I'm salesy at all. Um, and I'll catch myself sometimes like, you know, even having to pause and, and, and tell some, some of my bars if I'm trying to sell something to them, I'm just like, I have to apologize and just let them know here's, here's the facts and here's what's going on. Um, and this is how we need to do it. And if you're not comfortable, what can I do to help you get comfortable? And then if we're not ready right now, let's wait till we are ready, you know, because again, you don't want to shoot yourself in the foot and especially on the first deal. So Man, I, I welcome all borrowers, man. Brand new, curious, the most seasoned, um, best ones out there. I, I just want to help them all. And so um, I lost my train of thought because I was thinking what I was thinking about was uh, you're thinking about finding deals right now. That's what you're thinking about. Yeah, man. yeah. <laughs> so, no, I, I, so I'll let you. That's exactly what it is, and I'm trying not to be. I'm trying to be. Uh, you're like wanting to get on your this now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I think I think this is a, a cool episode, man, and I, I do appreciate your transparency. Uh, and I, what I want, oh, that's what I wanted to say. What I wanted to say was, we gotta get your information on your company, 
how people can re reach you and contact you because I really want to make sure this the word gets out uh, with you and with your business. So we'll make sure that we put the um, your website, email, whatever way we can contact you in the description of this episode on the podcast and then on the YouTube version as well. I appreciate that, my man. And if there's anything I can do to help you guys out, I, I most certainly will. Um, and uh, I'll dive more into y'all's podcast and, and we'll continue to speak and and grow together and, and help each other. And if, you know, there's anything I can do for you, I will, like I said, and, you know, maybe, maybe at some point end up sponsoring, you know, some of these podcasts too. Um, you know, if it helps you guys out financially in exchange for, for getting my name out there as well too. So that's the thing, man, there, there's plenty to, to eat out there. And, and so long as we all lean on each other and help each other, um, you know, and get to the top of that mountain and turn around and reach back down and, and help each other up, man. That's what it's all about. So I appreciate awesome. it. Thanks a lot, Bryce. Appreciate you. Thank you, brother.